Listener Production. Do you know what the most common choking hazards are for babies and kids? The number one thing that I think parents don't realise when it comes to choking hazards are deflated balloons. Today on Feed, Play, Love, we're identifying the choking hazards every parent needs to know about. Feed, Play, Love with Siobhan Hunt. There comes a time in every baby's life when they start exploring the world with their mouth. That is, if it's able to go in there, it does. Some things, it's okay to pop in for a munch. Others, not so much. Sarah Hunstead is a former paediatric nurse and the founder of CPR Kids. She's an expert on choking hazards for babies and small kids. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for having me. I really wanted to put in there that your own child put a pee up their nose, but that's not really choking. Oh, it's not, but she's choked as well. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Always. They manage to do most things that turn my hair grey, so really, why not chuck that one into the mix as well? Oh, my word. Sarah, when babies first start putting things into their mouths, what are the most common things we need to be aware of? Because when they start, they might not even be moving. They might be in a high chair. You might think, my child can't go anywhere. What are they going to choke on? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they it's completely developmentally normal for children to put things in their mouths. And so we've got to remember that. We've got to expect it. So it's about us making sure that they don't have anything in reach that can pose a risk to them. So thinking for the littlest babies when they're starting to put things in their mouths, uh, check their clothing. So is there any loose buttons on there? Um, is there any ribbons or, you know, things like that that Auntie Edna's put on that beautiful crocheted little cardigan that they're wearing? Um, and even thinking about things when you put Bub down to sleep in their cot, you know, do they have hair clips in their hair? Are they wearing any jewellery? Those sorts of things we need to make sure that they don't have those on them because if they, you know, while you're thinking they're having a nice little nap and they reach up and pull that lovely hair clip out of their hair, that is absolutely a choking hazard. We need to make sure that we give our kids age-appropriate toys. So making sure that the toy doesn't have small parts on them and remembering that we do have Australian standards when it comes to toys for children and they should have an age range on the toy when you purchase it. So make sure it's appropriate for them. What about when you're starting solids? Because that's a big moment for many parents thinking that their child is going to choke on every solid bit of food you give them. Yep, absolutely. It can be a fear for a lot of people, but luckily there are some really fantastic resources out there about introducing solids to your kids, which is a good thing. But there are some things that we do need to avoid. So thinking about whole nuts, hard raw vegetables, popcorn, corn chips. So those sorts of things that are really quite firm. When it comes to foods, making sure that we cut them into appropriate shapes, like your grapes, for example, we need to cut into quarters. Sausages, 
don't cut them into circles, cut them into sticks instead. And for those harder foods such as apples, um, thinking of things like cutting them into tiny little matchsticks or even grating them, of course, depending on your child's age and their developmental ability. What about when they crawl? This remains in my mind to be one of the more stressful parts of parenting when they're, when they're finally able to move away from you. What do we have to keep in mind then? Oh, your house is free range. Like honestly, anything that is in within reach is something that is going to get shoved in their mouths. You can almost guarantee it. <laughs> so when, you know, you can get down on your hands and knees, crawl around, see what they've got access to, making sure that you're picking up anything that's been dropped, you know, such as, you know, you pull your purse out of your handbag, might drop a couple of coins, make sure that they're picked up. Make sure that your kids who are older as well pick up their toys after them. Now, if you can make your kids do that, can you just let <laughs> us all know as well how you did that? Because I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges of parenting personally. But when you've got an older sibling who's been playing with Lego and the little one comes and crawls along, that is a prime choking opportunity right there. So making sure that the older sibling's um, toys are kept out of reach is a really good one. And you need to remember too that anything that can fit in an old school film canister, and if you've never seen one of those, um, let's say, uh, <laughs> size battery, <laughs> I think I might be showing my age here a little bit. Um, anything that can basically fit into one of those or, you know, through the inside of a toilet paper um, cardboard tube thingy, um, Basically, that's a choking risk for kids. So you've just got to keep them out of reach. This isn't exactly a choking risk, but I feel like any opportunity to talk about it is worthwhile. Button batteries, they're still mm. a problem, aren't they? Absolutely, they are. And they are a choking risk too, because they are the perfect size to fit in a child's airway. Now, button batteries or lithium iron batteries, they are cause not only a choking hazard, but they can cause terrible, terrible burns and potentially fatal organ damage if a child swallows one. So a button battery, if swallowed, what happens is if it lodges in, in the esophagus or if it's in the stomach, what happens is, is a reaction happens and that causes terrible burns and can actually end up causing life-threatening organ damage. So if you suspect that your child has swallowed or is choking on a button battery, first of all, if they are choking, if they're in respiratory distress, please call an ambulance triple zero immediately. If they've swallowed the battery and they're not in respiratory distress, they're not choking, then call Poison's information on 13 11 26. Tell them that you're, you suspect or that your child has swallowed a button battery and follow their instructions. They understand that it is a medical emergency and they will tell you exactly what you need to do. God, I hate button batteries. Try and steer clear of them if you can. Let's talk about older kids they can start to explore a wider variety of food. And I'm not really meaning food here, am I? I'm talking about lollies and sweets, which seem to be rife with choking hazards when I look at things like hard-boiled lollies and chewing gum and all that stuff. 
What do we need to watch out when our kids start trying these sweets? Yep. So I think one of the main things is is letting kids know that that the hard lollies that they can be a choking hazard. That you know certainly that if grandma or whoever is giving them these lollies that they're sitting down that they're supervised. And I think a lot of it happens. To be honest, now this is anecdotal. This is not evidence based in the slightest. But this is just from years of experience. Kids tend to sneak stuff and try and shovel it away and that can often be when they choke because they're trying to hide it they're running away (laughs) so when you know they're stealing the boiled lollies you know the the barley sugars out of your handbag or you know those sorts of things that they are trying to hide it and that's when they choke and you know because they might be running or they're just hiding it from you and so letting them know that it is a choking risk and trying to empower them with a bit of that knowledge as well, I think is an important thing. Speaking about children doing naughty things, uh, do you have any rules that you give your kids or you gave your kids when they were younger about how and where they eat their food so that you can try and avoid choking hazards? Oh, yes, definitely. Number one rule in my household, sit down to eat. Why? Because you you need to be present with your food. When you're sitting there and you're present and you're actually properly chewing and you're conscious of what you're doing, you know, you're minimizing the risk. So it's really, really important that you always sit down to eat. Not only is it better for you, but it does minimize that choking risk, especially with kids when they're busy. You know, you see them running around with food in their mouth and you're like, oh, just that turns my hair gray as well. (laughs) Definitely sit down to eat. Uh, I have one child who made it her mission to try and shove everything she possibly could off her plate into her mouth at one time and then swallow it with like only three chews. (laughs) Now, really making sure that they are not shoveling the whole lot in. They're not chipmunks. They're not designed to keep (laughs) stuff in their cheeks. You know, making sure that they chew it as well. And, of course, for the little ones, making sure they're supervised. So tempting to go and have a shower or go do something while they're happy in the high chair chewing on their Vegemite toast. But when they're little, we need to remember that choking can be silent. It's not a huge noise that you may actually, you know, alert you in another room. So keep them in your line of sight as well. And Sarah, it's not something I expect you to be able to show us uh, on a podcast, but obviously knowing what to do when your child is choking is important. That's one of the things you teach at CPR Kids. Is that right? Absolutely it is. It's probably the number one reason why people come and do our classes. We do have some fantastic YouTube videos showing you exactly how to do your back blows and chest thrusts. And we break it down as well into what to do if your child has a nice, strong, effective cough, if your child can't cough, and if your child is unconscious, because we need to do different things for those different situations. So please jump onto the CPR Kids YouTube channel and watch our choking video. Brilliant. I will make sure I include the links in the notes of this episode. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. That's Sarah Hunstead. She's the founder of CPR Kids. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of Feed, Play, Love, a listener original podcast. If there's something you'd like to learn more about, email me at feedplaylove at sca.com.au. I'd love to hear from you. For more great kids and parenting podcasts, check out the Listener app and don't forget to follow us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.